Well, hello there. Uh, welcome back to Causey's Conversation. My name is Jared Causey. Um, thank you for tuning in uh, today, uh, whatever day it is you're listening to this. Um, really excited about this episode. I, I mean, I'm generally excited about all the episodes, but uh, especially this one because I have a dear friend and brother in Christ, uh, Dave, Brother Dave Hill. Uh, he is with me today, uh, not physically. We're doing a Zoom uh, podcast conversation here. Uh, but Dave Hill is the is an elder at Grace U Baptist Church. Uh, that's the church I go to, and so that's how I was able to get him on my podcast. I have a kind of a, a membership uh, exclusive exclusivity uh, you know process there. So really excited about Dave uh, coming on. Uh, Dave, thank you for coming on today. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Jared. It's good to be here um, with you today and and sharing this uh, with you. Glad you glad you invited me. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, Dave is a great worship leader. He's a wonderful voice and uh, something I didn't really know about you until this uh, quarantine stuff started happening. I, I, I should have realized this, but you, you play the acoustic guitar and keyboard or piano. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen you do it at church, though, right? Uh, uh, for a worship service. So I, that was really cool. I, I was like, and we, Amy, we were talking about, I was like, oh, he could, he could play the acoustic guitar. I'd, that's awesome. So, uh, how, how's that's, that? That's funny. How, how's that been though for you? I, you know, we haven't, uh, we didn't talk about this that we would discuss this, but how, how has this been, I guess, for you personally, like, uh, kind of working through this as an elder, as a worship leader, uh, through this, you know, pandemic process? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it, it's, it's just interesting because you're online and, um, and, and you're not gathered necessarily with your church to sing. You, you, you know, um, you can lead, but you can't hear anybody singing. You don't even know if they are or not, you know. Um, and, and my initial thoughts were, let's don't do worship because it, it doesn't seem like it's authentic. It, it seems like it would just be um, a presentation of a song and and to some degree it it still feels that way um but you know one of the things that that i thought was really cool uh, i was on facebook and i saw a post that ross inman uh posted and uh he was sitting in the living room and his kids were there and they were they were watching the their streaming uh church you know in georgia and um and he was videotaping it and the, and the kids are like beating on pots and pans and they had like a, 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 a little toy piano. Um, really the best way to describe it is it was just a joyful noise, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but when I saw that, it, it kind of made me realize, um, you know, that, that the worship that we do through streaming is, is certainly not about the leaders and how good we are leading and singing, but it's, it's really about people on the other end and, and the way that they might be able to participate or, mm -hmm. or think or meditate on the lyrics of the songs and whatnot. So really there is some validity, you know, in, in worshiping in that sense. Um, but we like to still think that we're connecting um, with our church and, and not just performing you know, when we're doing right. that on Sunday mornings. Right. It definitely doesn't seem, I mean, just from my own perspective, I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but it definitely seems more like a, 
not like a performance, but like you're, you're you really are leading, but just in a different way. I, I mean, I, by no means do I think that what we're doing on Sunday mornings right now during this time is a normal thing or proper thing to do. Um, I mean, it's right. the best we can do right now, uh, yeah. obviously, but it's not, yeah. um, it's, it's not what we're, what we should be doing or what we would be doing if we were obviously not in a pandemic. Um, but I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't sing. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I don't, I just sit there and yeah. listen and meditate. I don't, I, you know, kind of think about the words and, you know, right. Um, right. Amy sings uh, more than I do. I, I don't, I'm just like, I, I can't, I don't like to, to be honest. This is not my, not my thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should, but. Um, you, uh, you should. Yeah. Listen to, uh, uh, you know, like uh, like sing along with some of the Sovereign Grace or or mm-hmm. um, um, the to, you know together for the gospel. Some mm-hmm. of those men's mm-hmm. conferences and and mm-hmm. and hear all the men singing. That's oh kinda, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable singing. Uh, singing for some reason in the you know when we're gathered together on Sunday mornings. I love singing when we're right, gathered, right, yeah, yeah. But when it's just me and Amy in the house, I'm like. Uh, this is kind of it's kind of weird but you know it's uh it's only temporary i know i know you know currently you know today is the 30th um the you know texas is starting to kind of open up more um right so i think i think things are going to get back to normal here soon or more you know normal normal as they can be Um, right yeah i think so yeah hopefully so yeah so uh i guess uh you know um one thing we can we can start off talking about maybe is is uh if you don't mind sharing a little bit about yourself and you know where, where you're from kind of your story your spiritual journey um how god led you to you know being an elder being in ministry uh being a worship leader i mean all those things um you know uh, you know how what how has you know uh, god led you through those those things and uh where you're at today um yeah um you know, I, I, my conversion, um, uh, is, is pretty straightforward and simple. Um, but that's okay. Uh, cause you know, we're all different. Um, so I'll just go way back when and kind of, and kind of start uh, for my testimony. And that is, you know, um, um, my, my mom and my dad are believers. Uh, and, um, and so I, I grew up in a, in a, a home that, that, you know, worship the Lord and, um, and went to church. Um, and, but we moved a lot. So, uh, so we, we weren't always, uh, well connected in a local church. Um, my dad was a postal inspector. And so for, for whatever reasons, um, you know, a, a lot, the majority of the, of the investigations he did, uh, ended up being, um, em, employees of the post office, and so uh, so they they needed to protect the investigators as well as um, you know n- not put them in situations where they get friendly with people and and can accept bribes and things like that. So so mm-hmm. we had to he had to uh, let's see, we had to move our residence every two years. Oh wow! Um, but he could work within the same office uh, for four years. All right. So I was born in Chicago and, uh, 
when I was about two, we moved to, uh, to Georgia and he worked in Atlanta. So we lived in Forest Park, Georgia for two years. And then we lived in Jonesboro uh, for two years in Georgia. And then he had to be transferred again. So we went back to Chicago. Um, uh, my mom's sister was there, so we, we went there. And my dad's parents lived outside of Atlanta, so we were able to choose those places, you know. So we went back to Chicago, and we were there for four years, and we lived in uh, Villa Park, Illinois, for two years, and we lived in Lindenhurst for two years. And then it was time for another transfer, and um, we ended up he, uh, going to Miami. Uh, we lived in Fort Lauderdale for two years. Uh, and then uh, while we were there in, in Fort Lauderdale, um, our family got real connected to a church there. Uh, so, you know, and so much so, uh, my brother and I were, were, were in junior high and high school then. Um, and so my dad, uh, he took an early retirement so that we could stay there and be connected uh, with the church. Um, and that was really, uh, uh, you know, the best experience for me growing up. Um, let me say this, be, prior to that, um, my salvation experience was, uh, was simply at bedtime prayers, you know, with my mom, uh, where, um, you know, we would say, you know, have, have a time of praying every night. And, uh, and so she shared the gospel with me and I accepted Christ in my bedtime prayers, um, probably as the fifth grader, somewhere around that, that age. And so uh, we went to church off and on in all of those different cities that we lived. But when we finally got to Florida, we really got connected uh, to a church there. Um, it was the First Baptist Church of West Hollywood under a pastor named uh, Verl Ackerman. Um, it was just, it was a great church. Uh, I ended up going to the Christian school there. Um, I ended up being at the choir. Um, our family used to sing. Uh, I don't know if they actually called us the Singing Hill family or what, or what they called us, you know, but we used to, <laughs> we used to sing in church. Um, I uh, <clears throat> uh, learned to play the guitar when uh, my dad brought my brother and I guitars home one summer so that uh, he would keep us occupied, I think, so that they were looking for something to, to keep us busy. And uh, so we both learned to, to play the guitars uh, in about the, when I was in about sixth grade. And so that was the first instrument I played was the guitar. I learned to play the chords and sing. Um, I remember uh, work, you know, getting a, a song book and working up a song and, and singing it for my mom and dad. I think it was, um, I, think, I think the song was God Didn't Make Little Green Apples by Glenn Campbell or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one to start off with and, uh, and, uh, and I remember my dad saying well you sound you sound really country <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't take as a compliment but uh, <laughs> but but anyway uh, that was the first thing I, musically I mean beyond that it was like you know, my brother and I would spend our allowance um, every weekend and, and go up to the store and you know buy a a 50 cent or a 75 cent uh, single 45 RPM record, you know, take it home and, and learn it. And so I was always into the singer songwriter kind of mm -hmm. uh, songs. I loved, you know, 
James Taylor and uh, Brad, uh, you know, Carol King, Carly Simon, uh, even John Denver, uh, anything that was acoustic, you know, was, right. was my thing. My brother was you know, just the opposite. He, he was more into drums and bass and he liked, uh, you know, uh, whatever the heavier stuff, you know, he liked the heavier stuff. You like metal music? Yeah. Well, I don't know that there was metal back then. Uh, it was, it might've been before metal, <laughs> but it was, you know, uh, it was like the Doobie brothers and three dog night. And, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Eagles, uh, yeah, just rock. And, and, yeah. and not so much the songs that got airplay, but the ones that would be on their albums or the side B's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that, that nobody knew, but they would be like heavier songs, you know, kind of thing. Gotcha. Anyway, um, you know, so, so it was neat that our, our family, we got connected to church there in Florida. And then my brother and I would sing, uh, my, my mom and dad would sing with us. And um, so, you know, kind of the old uh, daddy sang bass and mama sang tenor. There you go. <laughs> Except my mom sang alto and my, my brother sang tenor and I carried the lead. So, and actually I learned to play the piano uh, self-taught um, when I was a, probably a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. I started to pick up the piano uh, and I just wanted to be able to accompany myself to sing. And, uh, and it, since I played the guitar, I, I taught myself to play by a chord system, uh, which, which I was able to learn really fast. And uh, so I would play the piano even when our family would sing. Um, and that was kind of cool. So, so it was neat growing up there. Um, my dad took it, like I said, he took an early retirement. He ended up working in the church um, and, and from that time, since that time, he has, um, he has gone on to school and, and became a pastor and he pastors a church in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And, um, and I went on to school to, uh, Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Um, and, uh, I've, I've got my, uh, my music degree there, bachelor's in music composition, um, graduated in 19. 83 so i'm kind of an older guy here so <laughs> you, you look young uh, uh, i'm not saying that just to compliment you. you you do like with your new haircut and everything oh well thanks uh, and the glasses the, except and, the beard's turning white you know uh, <laughs> i mean hey it blends in with your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right uh, I, I can't see i i can't i can hardly grow anything but when i do it looks terrible i i gotta i gotta do something with this <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. just let it go <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah i uh i mean it's really cool how music um you know the influence of the music the love you have for music uh you know came from your family that's that's really cool um that seems like it to be a common thing though uh, a lot of times yeah. with people uh especially worship leaders that they're they'll typically you know have there's a lot of influence around them uh, a lot of musicians yeah. and that, yeah. that's really that's a really cool thing um like my, my grandmother um she she plays piano um and she always you know she wanted her grandkids her kids and grandkids to you know be musicians and uh to, to love music and i never picked up the piano i never picked that that up uh but i i, I at least got to the bass guitar 
and uh, somewhat anyway. Um, I, I picked right. that up. In, yeah, I picked that up in college, uh, but I, I was in marching band as well, so I, 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 okay. know, I was in a concert band and stuff like that. And so I, there was other instruments I played, but not uh, not the piano. Uh, but she's my, my grandmother. She'll like when we go over there. She has like an organ, uh, kind of a, a little small organ there, and she'll play it. She loves that thing. And it's like one yeah. of those, it has like pedals. It's really yep. crazy. Like, like the, but it's not the normal, I don't think it's like an electrical uh, organ or, um, you know, it, it's, it's a very older, I think it's a lot older. No. Yeah. We had one when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what it was. It, does it have two, le- two levels of keys? Um, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had one. Um, in fact, when, when my dad bought us guitars, uh, we actually had an, uh, um, around that same time frame, we bought an organ for my mom. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that was my dad's idea because mm-hmm. my mom really wanted a piano. Uh, but somehow my dad ended up getting her an organ. And we used to play on it as kids. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then when we were in, we, when we were in Florida, um, you know, my mom finally got rid of the organ and, and replaced it with a piano so mm. so uh, you know i think you you probably would have picked up the piano and the reason that i did is, is because it was there you know <laughs> uh my grandma had a piano mm-hmm. and uh we had a piano and we had an organ before that and so i always played on it but you know um the fact that it was there i was able to really focus on it and i would i probably spent three or four hours a, a day teaching myself when I was in that, wow. you know, that mode I'd come home from school and just spend all my time on mm-hmm. that, on that piano. Did you uh, play any sports or anything like that? Uh, I, I was in a band, uh, I'll play right. trombone in the band. Um, so never could do football, you know, and then uh, I did play baseball for a few years in, in high school and was okay at it. Um, but it, it just, you know, wasn't as motivated to do that um, as as I was to um, to do other things. So I ended up in high school, you know, being being in the corral and in the band, um, and so those things kept me busy. Yeah. So I tried basketball once, um, and I I I, uh, I I quit I quit the tryouts and never went back. <laughs> you know it's pretty frustrating when you you know you make a free shot and you miss it and you go back and get in the the back of the line and you come up and you miss it and you go around and get back in the line and you never make a shot and it's like okay this is (laughs) it's um it can be discouraging uh yeah i I mean i'm sure i'm sure we we maybe we've talked about this before basketball has been my thing i mean like oh yeah yeah three years old i was i was playing uh, that was that was just kind of my thing, but uh, I know I don't I don't look like a basketball player right now, but <laughs> that, that was kind of a uh, kind of my thing. But it's really cool. I mean, God used obviously used music and you know uh, uh, love for music to to you know guide you and lead you to different uh, to different you know paths and directions. Right. Uh, so, but after um, you graduated from high school, you went to Bible college. Um, what was that experience like? Did you enjoy studying a lot, uh, the, you know, different theological classes or what, what was that like? Uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed both. It, it, you know, since it was a, a Christian school, it, it sort of ended up being 
uh, a double a double minor, you know, because uh, because everybody had to have Bible, um, you know. Um, so so that was good. I I had some good professors. I really uh, enjoyed uh, learning under um, Robert Terry. Um, uh, Tom Bulick was uh, was one of our Bible teachers. Um, he's here in Texas now, uh, actually at a church, and. Um, uh, just different people. It, it was it, it was really neat to have the theology. Uh, musically, they were more conservative uh, mm -hmm. there, you know. Uh, but the but the students, you know, were doing their best to be contemporary and as we could. Uh, you know, contemporary was was Michael W. Smith, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. So um, so so contemporary was whatever contemporary was then, you know. Um, uh, but it was it was neat being involved there at, at the school and, and and it was a good fit for me um, You know, there's always you know some some guys getting kicked out for one thing or another. So <laughs> I, I think I, I did get demerits one year um, I had uh, I had two roommates They both played guitar. In fact, we 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 worked up a little group while we were in college and we would we would go around and, and, and sing and play and um, so we ended up being uh, in a dormitory on the top floor, which was the fourth floor. And so uh, we, we had bunk beds. And so uh, one of the guys was on the top bunk and he, he lifted up, you know, the, the ceiling panel, the little, you know, acoustic pa panels there and uh, over his bed. And when he lifted that up, he saw a, a, a trap door up in up in the attic space that led to the roof. Oh wow! And so he climbed up there and, and opened it up, and, and the three of us went up there and we're up on the roof, and um, and then uh, one one of the guys decided he he was going to go up there and, and get a suntan. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but when we were when we were up there, uh, you know, one of the one of the dorm moms saw us from a distance mm -hmm. and and came and, and we all three got demerits for being oh. up on the roof. <laughs> wow. I know. I, Dave, I didn't know you were such a rebel. That's, <laughs> I, I was so wild in those days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, Bible college, I mean, it, it, it can be a great experience for people. I know I I didn't go to a Bible college for, you know, my undergrad, but obviously I'm here at seminary. It's, it's completely different though. You know, I'm, I'm married. Oh, yeah. I did live in the dorms for one year and um, I mean, there's plenty I could get in trouble with. I mean, I'm, I, my, my wild quote unquote wild days were over, I guess you could say. Uh, I left the, that back in the, in Lake Charles where I, where I went to, to college. So didn't, okay. didn't have too many wild days over here in Fort Worth. <laughs> to be honest right, um, right yeah maybe skipping class one day was the the worst thing i've, I've done <laughs> yeah but um yeah um so uh after graduating from from um bible college uh kind of what 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 happened where where did you go and um uh, kind of what, what um well I, I met my wife while we were in college and uh, and then we graduated uh the same year and then uh we went to, uh, we got, we were engaged during our fourth year and then um, uh, went to her 
her parents' house for the summer, and we got married that summer uh, after we graduated um, in in South Bend, Indiana, is where she's from. And then, uh, and then, by the end of the summer, we uh, I had enrolled at Dallas Theological Seminary, and so um, so by the end of the summer, we were packing up and and moving to Texas and. Um, as soon as we we hit the Metroplex, and that's kind of where we stopped. <laughs> we lived in uh, in Garland and Mesquite for mm-hmm. a few years uh, while I was attending Dallas Seminary, and then um, and then we got involved in in churches and just meeting different people. Uh, met some people that were out here in Arlington, and um, a lot of the seminary professors actually uh, attended a church in in Arlington. Uh, that lived this direction, and so we ended up moving to Arlington. Um, as I continued in school, uh, worked in a couple different churches, you know, part time um, as as their worship leader, and uh, and then we started having kids, uh, which which meant we needed a real job, and uh, <laughs> so I kind of ended up uh, in the. Uh, in the aircraft industry, working for uh, LTV, it was called LTV back then, Ling Tang Bought, uh, which I think is now bought out by, um, I don't even know, one of the, one of the big local mm-hmm. aircraft guys. And, and uh, but you know, and that was, a, that, was a, that was a godsend. It was really neat how God worked in that. Um, we were uh, expecting, um, we were expecting our first child then. No, it was our second. Well, they, they were really close together, so it's hard to remember. It was even the first I, I or think second. It, I think it was the I think it was our second, which is mm-hmm. uh, my son David. I think we I think we were uh, expecting with him, mm-hmm. and um, and the the day that I started training at LTV. Um, he was born that night and oh. and uh, and they covered even though i was in training they considered me full-time and they covered pre-existing maternity oh and so yeah. that was you know that was neat how god worked that out you know right. I, I worked there one day and and he was born and he cost us ten dollars you know uh, <laughs> to, to be but so uh so that was but that was just kind of neat how god god did that and you know i stayed i stayed connected to churches and and continued to to lead worship or be assistant worship leaders, um, even during the years that I was working for LTV and worked a few years at Bell Helicopter. Um, and those jobs usually last about two and a half years and you get laid off um, mm-hmm. because you know they run out of their contracts or something. And, right. and then um, I ended up working at Six Flags and uh, did information systems uh, and point of sale uh computers and and technology there um so i got a lot of experience doing different things and and then uh still still leading worship you know at church with uh as an assistant worship leader then until until i felt you know that god was saying hey this is you you've always been called and you know you've always been called uh to be a worship leader and um and it's time you know and so uh, so I, I resigned from the position I was at at, at the Six Flags Information Systems and, um, uh, and worked uh, 
then and accepted a job full time uh, as an assistant worship pastor in a larger church, um, and was there for maybe ten years or so. Oh wow! Okay. And, uh, so and that was a church that that was connected to uh, to Dallas Seminary. Uh, so they're sort of um, uh, they're they're uh, inner what do you, what do you call it um, non-denominational uh, right. churches. Um, although most of the people that that were in the church on the staff, you know, were were either connected somehow to Dallas Seminary or or had connections in other ways. Usually either Baptist or or um, or Dallas Seminary kind of mm -hmm. connections there, you know. And uh, so we led worship there for a while, and it's it's been it's been interesting just to see how, you know, all uh, over the many years how how worship has affected me, and how it's it's really changed a lot. You know, um, worship does change with culture changing. You know, um, I mean because years years ago uh, when I was in Florida. Um, we pretty much had your hymnal, and uh, and then there was usually a songbook that was like contemporary songs. Um, um, that now, when you look back at them, they were corny. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. a lot, a lot of you know. I mean, even you know, we're talking, which, which you know the. the the idea behind it was was we're getting we're stifled with these same old songs and these hymnals and we don't understand the words and um, and the songs aren't really connecting culturally with us they don't they don't seem contemporary um, you know so there was that kind of kickback against the hymns uh, to to do contemporary and of course the whole Maranatha music kind of came out of that you know that kickback. Um, uh, but I, but some of the corny stuff was you know like um, uh, like like taking the lyrics from a Coca Cola commercial and making them be a Christian song, you know. Yeah. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony, kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that's that's not worship, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a far stretch from it. But mm -hmm. it's been you know but uh but you know from there and then going to college and uh the contemporary music scene of the 70s was uh was more of a musical op uh, you know a, a musical stretch for christians to uh to try to um increase the quality of what they were producing you know because a, a lot of the christian music would be kind of under par when you would listen to it um, but the downside was you go back and you look at the, uh, uh, the majority of, of what got played on the radio was, was not worship music. They were mm -hmm. just Christian, they're Christian songs, right? you know, um, they're story songs or, you know, um, inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Inspirational. And, and, and a lot of it was, you know, was interpreted and could, could be, and, and a lot of it did become, um, uh, worship music, um, you know, uh, Sandy Patty, uh, Michael W. Smith, oh, yeah. um, Amy Grant, they, 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 they all had some kind of a, a song, you know, Great is the Lord or, right. or something to that effect that would become the popular, you know, church worship songs. Yeah, my, um, uh, 
so I have a funny real quick. I want to stop you there. I, my, my, I have a funny story about Sandy Patty. It's actually not technically my story. It's my sister. <laughs> um, so Sandy Patty came and performed at the church. I grew up in uh, DeRitter, Louisiana. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's where I was at. I, I went to church there with my family and, um, we had a we had her there and my mom I mean she loves Sandy Patty um like she that's like her it's her lady right there like she loves her and uh so mm. Sandy Patty came and my mom was in charge of cleaning like and preparing for her like her dressing room you know or whatever, um, yeah. at, at the church so she did that and so she was super excited and and so um we we got to meet her after the concert uh to, because my mom was obviously in, uh, involved getting her uh, ready and stuff and uh, cleaning and all that. But during the concert, uh, she had Sandy Patty had all the kids come up on stage and she did something uh, in terms of, I don't know, like, uh, like I think she's like helped uh, lead them in a song or something like that. Something cool to get the kids involved. And anyway, my sister, who's probably maybe five or six, uh, she she was up there i didn't go up there but my my sister she's about three years old uh younger than me she uh sandy patty kind of kept her back after all the kids left and so she like kept her up there on stage and and she uh i think gave her a book or something like that and kind of like you know talked her asked her a few questions and stuff and, and she says well, uh, something about, uh, you're gonna, I have a, a son, uh, who, uh, is around your age. So maybe, maybe when y'all get older, y'all gonna get married, <laughs> so, like something <laughs> kind of fun. She said it a lot more, you know, kind of cuter and all that more interesting, but uh, it was really funny. And then afterwards, Hillary got to meet her son. It was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but my sister was telling me like several days ago or a few weeks ago about like she still keeps up with that guy somehow like that she's married oh, but but she's just like they somehow uh she knows like how he's doing and stuff and that's uh, funny but she didn't marry him she's married to another guy and uh his name's daniel <laughs> so they're, they're doing good so shout out to them <laughs> if they're listening to this i don't know if they are yeah, right. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's kind of a funny story i uh, I wanted to share that real quick uh, when you mentioned Sandy Patty, but anyway, sorry. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go. Uh, so you're while at Dallas Theological Seminary. What what year was it when you were there? Uh, well, it would have been. Uh, I graduated um, undergraduate school there in, in at Baptist Bible College in '83. So I went to uh, seminary. Actually, I I ended up sitting out for a year and working, mm -hmm. so um, so I was there in around uh, eighty four, eighty five, um, maybe even eighty six because I I wasn't attending full time, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the time, and I, and unfortunately I, I never did get to finish, um, you know, but I have about uh, thirty hours done towards a master's, um, so hey, I, I recently went. I recently went back to see if I could finish, and um, but it, after after ten years, uh, everything doesn't nothing counts anymore. So oh, you have no. to start you have to start over after ten years if you don't finish. <laughs> hey, uh, Southwestern's right down the road. Yeah, uh, yeah. Crider over here. Uh, there you go. I know he visited Gracie a few times. I'm not sure if he he has he has. I've, yeah. I've met him there. Yeah, he was a real inspiration. Um, uh, Pastor Aaron and I went to. Um, um, the Kentucky and we went uh, what was it I, I don't know if it was might have been doxology and theology 
-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, you know, Matt Boswell was there. Mm -hmm. uh, man, love, love his music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Matt Papa, Sovereign Grace, um, Norton Hall Band. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, those guys are really putting out some good music and some good worship. Right. And um, uh, but we, we got to attend a, a conference there. And um, and one of the one of the breakout sessions I went to was was Joe Kreider's okay. uh, deal on uh, on gospel liturgies. And and that was really life changing for me, to be honest, um, uh, because, you know, when you're when you're a worship leader, um, you're all, uh, you're not really looking for a, a niche per se, but you're but you uh, you you want to you want to have direction at what you're doing. You know what I mean? You don't. I mean, as you don't want to just like be picking out four songs and trying to figure out how to tie them together. And, and right. that's what a lot of that's what a lot of worship leaders I think do because they haven't been trained otherwise, um, you know, just to, to pick some songs and uh, maybe if, maybe at best they might fit the theme of the, of the sermon. Um, but, uh, but anyways, it was life changing to hear, to hear uh, Joe talk about uh, the gospel liturgies and we've adopted that. I don't know how much of it we've changed from what he actually taught us in, in that mm -hmm. session, you know, uh, but that's what we do now. Um, and, and from, like I said, for me, it, it's, it's a life changing way of worship by making sure that the, the, that the songs that we're singing, um, are what we call a gospel liturgy, you right. know? So, so our, our songs are actually teaching the gospel, right? Some, you know, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so love that. after, um, kind of, you know, you didn't, you weren't able to finish, um, seminary. Um, but how, so how, I guess my question would be, you know, how did you get connected with grace for you? Like what, uh, what led you yeah. to eventually, I mean, you can uh, maybe go back, you know, even further, um, and you know, what God did through you and, and, uh, how he led you, but explain to me what happened all up until, uh, you became the worship leader and elder at, at grace for you. Uh, well, for the, you know, 10 years prior to that, I was a uh, full-time assistant worship pastor um, um, under uh, our worship pastor was Kevin Walker um, at the church I was at. And um, he was, he was, he was a good guy, real tender hearted guy um, that connected with the Lord really well. And, um, you know, so one of the things I, I got to learn underneath him um really was uh was 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 to to make sure that when we're leading worship that that we're we're really connecting with the lord and that we're not just just singing a song you know because it's easy to to be to be connected with the music but not necessarily be connected or, be, or connecting with god in the process of of singing those songs you know um so um so that was that was a good experience for me working underneath him, um, and then uh, and then there was a then he, he ended up leaving uh, there. Uh, there was a senior pastor change out, and a lot of the staff you know were leaving, 
and uh, that's when I actually became the worship pastor um, after he left. And so um, I was able to continue on there. And, and I had a lot of goals, uh, writing music and, um, and having our worship team sing them. Um, I was really heading, you know, kind of down the road toward the, you know, the styles of whatever was popular, um, uh, Hillsong, you know, kind of thing, um, gateway worship and that kind of thing. Um, kind of, kind of big production oriented worship, you know, and, um, and I guess, uh, you know, God had a way of, of, of changing my perceptions, uh, you know, or maybe, 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 uh, rescuing me from it <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how, how you would look at that you know but um but i ended up getting laid off uh from that church so um i think i think i was like the 39th person to get laid off oh, wow. there uh, so there were like only two staff members left when i left there and know, so um huh i was gonna say I, I know getting laid off period is not uh not good at all, but I guess right. if you're, you're going to get laid off, be one of the last ones there, you know. And, uh, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, you exactly. Can keep going. Yeah. So, um, you know, so during so so then at that point, uh, it's kind of like, well, I needed I need another job, you know. And um, my wife Sherry, uh, she's a she's a flight attendant for American Airlines, and she's based here. And while we could, you know, technically you could, we could move somewhere else and, and she could uh, commute, you know, to Dallas and work her trips that would leave Dallas, come back to Dallas, then she would have to commute on a flight back to somewhere where we might live. But, but we just decided that, that we were, that God has called us to be here and, and to just wait it out and, uh, uh, and be patient. And so uh, fortunately I, I did get a severance pay and was able to, uh, I, I think it lasted an, until the day I got hired on a Graceview almost oh, wow. to the day. Um, and, uh, and, and that was an interesting journey too. Um, I was, uh, I was laid off in 2011 mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I started looking mostly locally uh, for mm -hmm. some jobs, although I, I interviewed for, you know, a, a job that was in Colorado and maybe a few other places. Uh, but really, our heart was to stay here. Right. Although uh, it's the funny story is I remember getting online and, and I saw that there was uh, this church in Burleson that, that had an opening for a worship pastor. And I and I checked it out and it was uh, it was the church at Burleson. No. No, it wasn't. It was it was Graceview. No, wait a minute. Let me think about that. It was the Church of Burleson mm -hmm. that was looking for somebody. Now, if you know about Graceview's history, you know that they came from the Church at Burleson. Yeah, uh, yeah. Real, real quick, if um, I know that's technically not a part directly a part of your story, but but can yeah. you ex explain that? Do you, I mean, I don't know how much you know about that, but. Could you explain? Well, everybody at Graceview knows about it really well. So right. being the outsider, I'll give you my version of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so uh, yeah, so, so my understanding of, of what happened there was, uh, uh, in a nutshell, um, they, got in, they got in trouble with, uh, 
with building a building and and having too much debt mm. uh, and so um, and so there was a lot of resignations uh, from the church because of the debt and uh, and then people left the church because of some resignations um, and um, and it just got to and they ended up bringing in a, a pastor uh, to kind of inter, intervene or be the uh, intermittent pastor to, to kind of help th get through that time and it was under his leadership that they decided that they just needed to go ahead and sell uh, the building and and move on from there mm -hmm. and so i think it was probably around that time when they didn't have a worship leader and i and i was looking online and might have saw that position but i but it didn't really interest me much and mm -hmm. then um uh so they ended up uh, leaving and selling that building. And so there was a, a remnant of, of people that were left. Um, and that, that was a group that started Graceview mm -hmm. um, under, underneath uh, the, inter, in, the interim pastor there. Um, and then I did, I did at one time see the op an opening for a worship position at Graceview. Uh, and I looked online and I, I dug into their Facebook page, you know, and, uh, and I saw these guys with boots and hats on and doing this outdoor living nativity thing, uh, you know, and, and building things that looked like barns. And uh, I remember that saying, God, I, I hope you have something better for me than that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there an outhouse? Didn't they have like an out or whatever, like a, you know, I guess, porta potty actually? Like they, um, yeah. they had that before. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, uh, yeah, for, for a couple of years, um, uh, the only bathroom was in, was in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> and so um, the, the the secret word of mouth was let the ladies use the restroom and men use the porta potties um, out on the right. back porch. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> so, you don't hear about that very often. Uh, no, you don't. You know, I mean, even even in 2011, I mean, I you don't you don't hear about that very often. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't pursue the Graceview thing when I saw it online, and um, uh, and it was almost a year later. Uh, because it was 2011 that I got laid off in, in about October. Um, and it was in July of 2012 where I had gotten a call from a guy that was leading the worship at Graceview kind of on a part-time basis mm -hmm. there. Um, it was, I mean, it, that wasn't his calling, but it was just something he was doing to help out. And he mm -hmm. played the keyboard. And it turned out that he used to be a, a keyboard player for me at the previous church where I was the worship pastor. And um, so he called me up and he said, hey, well, I'm leading worship at this place. You should come, you should come with me and because um, and, and, they're looking for somebody. So I came that Sunday and I played the guitar and, and led the few songs and he played the piano and sang. And he introduced me to, uh, to Pastor Aaron. Um, and so Pastor Aaron was like, well, hey, let's, let's do lunch this week uh, and see what we can do. So we had lunch that week. Uh, and he said, well, why don't you, why don't you work for us? Uh, and we'll see how it goes for, you know, the next four or five weeks. And then we can talk more about uh, what we want to do after that. And I thought, well, yeah, we can do that. And um, so we agreed to that. And I came back the next week 
and and then uh, the other the other guy, a friend of mine that played the piano, he was he's like, oh great, I'm glad you got this. I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, and it's like, huh, is that a good sign or a bad sign? Yeah. I'm not sure. And then, uh, and so the, the week I came back, it's like, well, the pastor's gone. Where's the pastor gone? It's like, oh, well, it's July. He, he's on vacation. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. So, so uh, you know, before, so I led, what's that? Before you, uh, yeah, before you go any further, I wanted to, I don't, I don't know if you clarified this yet, but um, Aaron is, was not the in the Mary uh, or interim pastor, you know, between that time. Uh, it was another uh, man, I believe. I forgot. I, I forget his name. Uh, uh, Charles. Charles, right. So it was Charles that was that kind of led the the uh, migration. Well, uh, well, that was up. That was in 2011. So the when I saw the pictures of Grace View mm-hmm. and all the guys in cowboy boots, the 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 uh, the internet showed that Charles was the pastor of the church there. Mm-hmm. That was, but but he passed away mm-hmm. in October of 2011. Mm-hmm which was just a month after I was laid off. And after I looked at that, that website there, I, I kind of didn't really ever go back to that again and, and look at Graceview again. Okay. Um, and so he passed away in, in October. And then, um, uh, and then Aaron became the interim pastor. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know the exact date. I, I think it might've been January that the church called uh, Aaron to be the pastor. Uh, maybe it might've been January of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that July of 2012 that I met with Aaron. Okay. Um, you know, so, so he was the pastor at that point. Right. And I think, um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I came to lead and he went on vacation and, uh, you know, and then some of the elders and, and, um, and Landon, who wasn't a pastor at that time, he was he was a, a part-time uh, youth guy. Um, I don't think he was. I don't think he was on staff. Uh, I think he was part on part-time staff at the time. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so I just continued leading, and and so, anyways, I think it was in September uh, that we made we made the my position official okay. uh, in in September. So I've been there ever since. Yeah, um, I mean, that's basically the beginning. I mean, uh, like, it pretty much is the beginning. Yeah. The only thing is I, I don't have the history with TCAB, you know. Right. With, so when they start talking about that, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know. <laughs> it, it's fascinating to see, to hear about that, you know, to hear that the, the transformation of what was once this kind of seeker sensitive it's, right. I mean, that's what I've been told anyway. Uh, this is not, yeah. uh, obviously. No, I'm, you're right. I'm, yeah, I've, I've only been here in Fort Worth for a few years now. So, but from what the, I've been told, secret sensitive, very, um, yeah. I mean, not not in the slightest bit, you know, quote unquote reformed or, um, you know, liturgical, like in a very high church way. I mean, obviously every exactly. church is liturgical to some extent, but not like, you know, it is now. Uh, right so, right but uh very very interesting so you 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 became kind of the full-time worship leader um head guy september you said uh yeah i think maybe october september or october yeah. of 2012 yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. y'all y'all have you know very interesting uh vacation schedules <laughs> i mean like every, right. all, all of you guys have one month 
of a uh, vacation. It's just interesting. I, <laughs> I I have nothing again. I'm just saying it's just funny. I I find it really funny. Uh, I've never, I guess. Heard. Well, well, I'm I'm not even sure what what the vacation schedule is, Jared. To be honest with you, <laughs> I know that I know that Pastor Aaron is off pretty much all of July every year, uh, but for the rest of us, it it's like uh, take what you can get when you can get it. You know. Uh, in fact, my wife asked Angie, uh, our, our ch- the church administrative, um, you know, person. She said, "Well, how much vacation does Dave get?" And she said, four weeks." And it's like, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't have an employee handbook, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I I, I, I um. Landon said he, I think he gets off like September or something. I, I don't know. I think that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he backs. Yeah. Yeah. He usually, uh, he usually takes a week or two of his vacation um, at the end of the, uh, uh, the West Indies mission trip. And so he stays uh, a couple, a week or two extra in the Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hey, that that's smart. I, I think no. I don't blame him. Yeah. So uh yeah, you know, over the course of, uh, I guess it's nine years or so, uh, eight, eight or nine years being at Graceview, how has your ministry changed and developed um, through this through this time? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, and and I, I think the thing that's changed the most is, is perhaps... Um, uh, my perspective uh, and, and understanding of worship because the church that I was at for 10 years uh, was, was very much like uh, the church at Burleson where, where they've come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was more, more seeker sensitive. Um, and, um, you know, it was okay to, uh, to sing a secular song that fit the sermon series theme uh, that would be attractive to people, you know, and that they would think that that was cool, you know, um, and that's just not where we're at now. And, um, and, and now, you know, eight years later, it's like, I would, I would never want to do that, you know, um, because we need to take it, you know, to take advantage of, of our time together as a church when people are there and, and make sure that our, you know our music and that everything we're doing is is christ-centered and and focused um on the gospel and so um i really uh you know i've always been a songwriter um but i've introduced very little um very little songs uh since i've been at graceview um because i wanted to i wanted to make sure that um that I'm writing in the, in the right directions. And I think I'm, I'm kind of at that place now where it's like, all right, I'm all motivated and geared up to, to be writing again. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, yeah. cause, cause before I was, uh, before I was writing worship music, but kind of sometimes was really just Christian songs and not right. necessarily worship songs. Um, you know, and, and, and like, you know, like churches that have a performance song during an offering, you know, we, we did that. I did that for 10 years and, and um, you know, charted and arranged 
a radio t song for the band to play and for somebody to sing for a special music during the offering. Um, I'm kind of glad that we don't do that at Graceview, you know. Um, we actually worship while we give our offerings. Right. <laughs> Instead imagine of listening to somebody. Yeah, imagine that, <laughs> you know, in a church. <laughs> yeah. And so, so really, uh, the thing that's, that's really kind of changed is, is that, that everything that we're doing is geared toward pointing people to the gospel, pointing people to, to God and to his character and the depravity of man and Christ, you know, sanctification of us and salvation, redemption on the cross, you know, um, and then our response to that, you know, so that's, that response song is, is the one that has the most, because we do our, we, we put our songs in the order of, of that, that gospel liturgy, you know, so the last one is the response song. And that one might have the most freedom uh, as to what it can be about, you know, because, um, but, but that's the song that the majority of churches in America are just doing all the response songs. Right. You know, they're doing all the songs about, if that, I yeah. love you, I, lo I love you, Lord, thank you, God, uh, you're good to me, um, you know, and, right. and they're not singing about redemption and Christ. I mean, they might slip one in somewhere. Uh, you know yeah and it's not right. as if the all i mean all the songs have to be super theologically rich right. to the point of you know you know, doesn't hurt but yeah, yeah right yeah, right i mean if you wanted to <laughs> yeah sure but you know it's okay it's good to have these songs that are more you know like you said like response oriented i think that's a, a good thing to have that balance or you know kind of like a meal you need to have your carbs you need to have your meat you need to have your that etc but there is obviously i mean if you look in our churches today across america and especially in the sbc the majority of churches the worship songs are like you said mostly responses you know um i mean we can go down the list and talk about any you know one of these songs and, and a, a lot of them you, you kind of talked about this earlier a lot of these songs should be on the radio and right. probably not in our churches. I mean, and it's fine to listen to these songs. I have nothing against that one bit. Like right. I, I sometimes listen to some of these songs that, that are played. Sure. But, sure. but they're, they're mm -hmm. mainly be in, you know, in, in stuck in the car, just stay there. Don't, don't go. <laughs> no, no, none of these need to be in the, in the, uh, the worship service. And I guess right. uh, you said that earlier kind of in, I thought that was really good. And, um, but, and that's the one thing about the, you know, at Gracie, the worship service is very, it's very um, intentional. Um, but, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the first thing that we do is sing about, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it, a, we sing about God? Is it, is we, right. we sing about God? Um, and then uh, is it man, Christ, and then response? Is that yeah. how? It, that's right. That's, that's it. Right. Okay. Okay, you should be proud of me. I have it memorized. That's good. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no, so what did did that come from um, that conference that you went to with uh, Aaron? Uh, well, it really comes from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, good response. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, we were really motivated uh, hearing hearing Joe Kreider talk about that. Um, and uh, in fact, we've we've taken it to heart and. Uh, and and uh, I mean, I reviewed all my notes that I took from him, um, 
and one of the things one of the things that he that he mentioned so so our liturgy is gospel centered mm -hmm. all right and our worship is gospel centered um but and, and christ centered um but we also we also try to keep the text that establishes that week's liturgy um, we try to keep that as one single text okay and what's neat uh, it, it it takes some work to find these things okay but uh, but in the in the conference we were at joe uh Kreider presented it as as being search the scriptures and look for these texts that present that liturgy mm -hmm. in that order god man christ responds um and i think i've only come across maybe one or two passages that actually presented it as god uh christ man and responds i think i've only seen one or two texts that present it that way and it's it's very interesting when you start looking at the text and mm -hmm. searching for that order um that you find it all over the place uh that that it's presented that way in scripture it always talks about about god in some and that's a big that's a big subject matter there i mean right. all the characteristics of you know of of, of who god is and his character uh, it could be any one of those, you know. Um, the hardest one might be the depravity of man, and sometimes you have to um, to kind of see the bigger picture than just the words that might be on uh, on the text, you know. Um, to say, oh yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, Christ came to save us mm -hmm. because we are lost, you know. So it right. might not say it might not go up. It, it might look like it's depravity part, but but yet the act of saving means there's somebody that's lost to begin with you know so it's in sometimes it's, it's implied, in there yeah yeah sometimes it's implied you know so awesome. uh but so yeah that's what we do each week is we 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 work on that liturgy and um i search weekly for uh the texts um that show that and i'll do a study each week on a passage and and i'll uh, i'll write a paragraph you know about each one of those parts of the the liturgy the church doesn't see that i, I it's just part of my preparation time and mm -hmm. I often share that with the band members so that they can review it and know uh and see the connection of the songs that we're singing uh, with the liturgy you know awesome yeah that's great i mean it, it's really good that to hear um kind of how you emphasize these these certain uh aspects of the gospel and, and uh, Christ and, and all those things and, and kind of bring that into the con congregational uh, setting and, and encourage the church, the local church gathering together to think on those things. And right. I mean, that's, that's very, and I was um, this past Wednesday, uh, yesterday, uh, Dawson uh, for the student ministry live stream, he talked about worship. Uh, I think he looked at Psalms, uh, 100. 100 yeah 100 yep and um and we talked about in, in the small group afterwards just about how you know a lot of times when we worship we think oh worship's just about me feeling good about god and our relationship and feel make you know expressing that feeling of love or intimacy with god which there's a part of that there i think i'm not discounting that 
but that's not right. all worship is about. Worship is about including your your mind, thinking critically about different things. And, and when I say critically, I don't mean you know expressing or or thinking about criticisms. I'm I'm thinking more thinking very intensely and in, intently about God and about the gospel. And right. I, I definitely see that throughout Grace View's uh, uh, worship service. Um, you know, and I. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, when we first, me and Amy got to Graceview, I was like, man, I, I wish we wouldn't play Hillsong. And, and, but, you know, over time, I, I've I really have grown to love just what y'all do, uh, especially the liturgy. I, I've, that's been one of my favorite parts about Graceview is just the seriousness y'all take of, of and we take of, of worship uh, and gathering together. It's been, it's been great to see, um, just even since I've been there for, a little over a year. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and you've probably noticed too that we've, uh, I've, I've developed um, some little icons for God, man, mm -hmm. Christ yep. in response. Yep. And, uh, and we put that as a reminder to the congregation uh, up in the corner of the song lyrics that are displayed um, as a reminder, okay, our focus in this song is, is on the character of God. You know, and then we would all of a sudden go to the next song, and and the little the little icon image in the corner changes to man, and it's like okay, the 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 concept in this song that we're taking away is is our sinfulness, and right. There are very few songs that only talk about how depraved we are without right. mentioning Christ. You know, so. Um, <laughs> So you, you kind of get a sneak preview that Christ mm -hmm. is coming up next uh, right. in the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's a guy over here at Southwestern that um, he's actually been on the podcast before. Um, he um, John Gray is his name, and he's in the in the worship. Uh, uh, okay. Or he was in the worship program. He he was getting his PhD here, and he he you know he told me something um, a while back, uh, I guess a year or two ago, just about kind of you know how a lot of churches view worship leaders as simply musicians that's all you are you just play the music that's all you do but but he was so what i appreciate about him so much is he was very uh uh intense and and, and very um i guess upfront about the fact that he believes that that the worship leader is is more than that it, this the worship leader is a person that is leading the congregation to worship God and think in, intently on uh, the things of God and, and being essentially theologians while they're leading people in worship, which, you know, in any time you do worship or lead it, that's, you're being a theologian in that process. But, right. but most of the culture thinks of, of worship leaders as simply musicians rather than very, um, you know, just very intently uh, focusing on theology and, and not, not, they're like, Oh, where's, you know, worship leaders you don't really think about theology. You're just thinking more about the, you know, the music and, uh, right. you know, and all right. that. But I, I wanted you to see if you could speak on that a little bit, you know, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, just on what my, my friend yeah. here said. Yeah. No, I think he makes a, a really good point. Um, um, but I, but I think the, the biggest factor in is 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 the churches that hire those people mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. because because they're they're searching for a musician and they're not searching for a right. theologian 
Um, and what they get is a musician. And when the musician tries to speak theologically, um, then they have to come back to him and say, don't speak theologically. <laughs> right. Uh, because their theology is not very good because they didn't search for somebody that knows theology. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and I think it's, it's kind of a catch-22 because uh, you get what you hire. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, um, you know, I, I know that some churches um, don't even hire um, a, a worship pastor, but they'll have um, a, an elder who is over worship, right. who's responsible for finding musicians, um, you know, to, to help lead the worship. Um, and that's that's okay too, but there there still needs to be somebody um, that is that is directing our worship theologically, right. you know. Um, and I I suppose it could be done with just a, a guy that's a musician leader kind of person. Um, if there's somebody that's that's setting up the worship order, uh, explaining the liturgy um, to them. Um, so that they understand the process of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would be really a, a neat learning experience for a lot of worship leaders um, that are out there. And um, I, I'm not sure where those people go um, mm-hmm. to, to learn this idea, you know, of, of, um, of a liturgy that, mm-hmm. that teaches uh, the gospel and, and, and not just um, hangs on that response. Uh, kind of t- thing all the time right. you know because because a lot of the national worship conferences are are geared towards non-denominational uh and whatever's popular uh, you know on the radio and so um i'm not sure where they go to be honest um, right. i'm sure there there's places out there but i'm not sure that that mainstream is is going to find them <laughs> right yeah you know I like what Paul Washer said one time uh, to a kind of a group of worship leaders or worship ministers, whatever you want to call them. Um, you, you know, they asked him, uh, uh, brother Washer, what, what are we uh, to do to train to be a worship leader? And he said, do you have a, you know, do you have a Bible? Like, yeah. Like, have you read it? Like, well, yeah. Have you read the whole thing? Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. And he's like, read the entire Bible, no scripture. That's how you train to be a good worship leader. Uh, obviously they probably meant more of like, you know, should we go to seminarians? And that's great. I'm in seminary. I think we should, you know, worship leaders should. I mean, obviously you went to Bible college and seminary, you would probably agree. But, you know, the first thing that a, a worship leader should know is scripture and and have a good basis of for theology, like you said. And I, I thought Absolutely. that was a funny story. But yeah. So, yeah. so real quick before we close, I, I just, uh, I don't know if you have to go or if you have to run, um, but real quick, I wanted to, to kind of ask you, you know, if there are some, uh, uh, you know, worship bands, um, worship leaders that you're, that are influencing you, uh, you, you mentioned your writing music and writing uh, songs for the local church, uh, specifically Grace View. What are, what are some, who are some of those worship bands that you um, kind of look to to uh, as uh, people that influence you in your in your writing and your music. Um, yeah, of course. Um, it's it's funny uh, musically. Um, you know, I was influenced by the music I listened to growing up. So, and that's always been a 
that's always been a challenge for me because I, I want to try to stay current and contemporary as as you get older. You know, you you don't want to be stuck uh, in a in a previous uh, generation, right? Um, as you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and um, so. Um, um, but it's but it is funny that you 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 kind of you kind of do when you're young learn the style of music that that sticks with you for your whole life so so you do need to listen to uh keep listening to what's what's current but but don't let that necessarily drive us in our worship music um because the idea behind worship music is that people are singing with you mm -hmm. and um and I think we have to be really careful that that the melodies that we pick are uh, are singable among many generations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, um, like like if we took, do you know Alice at, at church? Alice, um, uh, you said. Yeah, Alice, I forget her last name. She's probably our oldest church member in, okay. in our church, okay? Um, you know, she's not, not going to be able to pick up on some of these syncopated uh, rhythms, and, and you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so, so we, we, have to, we have to make our songs that are singable um, for, for the whole group and not just a particular part of that group that, that likes it. So anyway, that being said, um, I think there's a lot of groups that are out there, mm -hmm. um, and and some people might say might listen to them and say, well, they're not contemporary. And I would my answer to that would be that's because they're writing for congregations. Uh, right. They're not they're not writing to be a radio star. They're writing music for people to sing with them. And so I think um, I think Sovereign Grace is probably the biggest uh, um, group that that I would say is is doing that well. Um, Although sometimes I hear their song and I go, I don't even know if I can remember that melody, you know. So everything is is subjective. But Sovereign Grace is one that I love. Um, Norton Hall band is one of my favorites. Um, I guess they change out. When when I first heard of them, I thought I never heard of Norton Hall. I wonder who he is. Um, and uh, and then when we went to Kentucky mm -hmm. uh, to Southern Baptist, the Southern Seminary there, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like. I discovered that that Norton Hall was the name of the music hall uh, on right. campus. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of Norton. Who's Norton? <laughs> yeah, who's Norton Hall? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, you know, so those are those are music students that are writing music, mm -hmm. and and the and the school is putting out the albums, and so you might get a different person from from you know, they're probably going to change out every four years, right? At least you know, yeah. uh, but they're putting out really good music. Um, and Matt Boswell is, is really one of my favorites. He's actually from Burleson, Texas. I didn't know that, but. Uh, I didn't know he was from Burleson uh, either. I, I knew he was living here, but. You know, yeah, apparently he, he grew up there. Um, and, uh, and he's writing, you know, a lot of modern hymns uh, is, is what he's doing. Um, uh, let's see, some other favorites would be. Um, I like what Austin Stone, some of their stuff mm -hmm. that they're doing. Um, mm -hmm uh city of light uh, yeah i know that's one of your favorites yeah uh, yeah uh, man they're just the more you listen to them it's like gosh they're good <laughs> they are i mean like they sound like the music quality I, I yeah 
like I and I don't say this lightly, they are just as good, if not better, than Hillsong or Bethel or any Absolutely. of these other songs. Like the, right. the quality is just is just as good. So there's no excuse there. But yeah. their their lyrics are just oh good. They're yeah. very good. I mean that's no. the, me and Amy listen to City of Light together all the time. Yes. Like that's all cool. The time. That's cool. Um yeah and that's um uh so those are those are some of the ones uh that are some of my favorites uh citizens i, I love mm-hmm. citizens mm-hmm. um they put out some really cool more contemporary stuff um there's some others out there uh sojourn mm-hmm. um matt papa mm-hmm. um gotta love shane and shane <laughs> yeah uh, they do they do just about anything mm-hmm. um and there's a few, uh, there's a group out there called People and Songs. I don't know if you've heard of them. I haven't, no. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of a, uh, a worship leader uh, school in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get together uh, and they, they'll have like songwriting, group songwriting sessions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll record the songs that they've gotten together and, and written. Okay. Um, and they're doing some pretty cool stuff. They're called, called People and Songs. People um, and Songs, okay. And um, I guess that's all I can think of right now. Yeah. No, that's good. You know? That's good. Yeah. Good deal. Well, hey, uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a blessing to get to uh, see you and talk to you. I, I know I haven't, we haven't chatted in quite a while personally um you know over uh face to face um right as much as we we can but um hopefully soon we'll get to see each other and um yeah yeah worship together so. yeah very soon but uh again uh thank you for for coming on and uh, appreciate you and what you're doing at grace view so. thanks man appreciate that thanks for having me definitely <laughs> well um thank you for to everybody that are that is listening um i appreciate you guys listening um wherever that may be and uh whenever as i mean if this is i don't know if this is maybe 2022 for you and you just come back to listen to this uh forever ago but you know thank you for tuning in and um i pray that the lord is blessing you and um working in your heart and life and god has used this conversation to encourage you so uh thank you again and uh come back when uh whenever i have another episode uploaded so god bless Well, hello there. Uh, welcome back to 